Hey, this is Milana Rashic, and you are listening to A Space. Down the line, it's a one-point ball game. Two outrageous bits of defense, the flipper included. This time they go short to Rasic, who makes no mistake. Hello everyone and welcome to the Ace Space Podcast, the volleyball podcast brought to you by CEV, where every week we get, well, quite frankly, a brilliant co-host. Uh, firstly, let's say hello. We've uh, rolled the dice and mixed the team up today. Key Michael, how are you? Hi Dave, I'm so happy to be here. I just told you I'm a little bit nervous, sweating a little bit for the first official podcast, but I'm excited. <laughs> well, it's great to have you here. It's also great to have our co-host. Um, I hope you don't mind big introductions because I'll start a drum roll and say world champion for club and country, Olympic medalist, Champions League winner, best middle in all of the major competitions in the world, Milena Rasic. Hello. Hello there. <laughs> this is my this is also my first podcast so far so i i'm also pretty nervous but okay we will we can handle this yeah we can <laughs> we'll have can fun you, can you all stop saying you're nervous please? are we we're making just you having nervous? a conversation <laughs> if you are new to the a space podcast we record these remotely so i am currently in beautiful sunny london key where in the world are you i am in beautiful south of france also sunny and milena where in the world are you well, <laughs> I'm in a beautiful rainy Belgrade. It feels like <laughs> January here. <laughs> ah, so you are uh, is well, you're back in Serbia, but is Belgrade has it always been home, or is it just where you've settled for the time being? Well, I I changed home a couple of times, but uh, for the last couple of years, I live in Belgrade. Oh, beautiful. Have you been key to Belgrade? You know, that's one of those questions. I I think I have been, but I. Don't want to put my foot in it because I sometimes forget that I've been places and haven't. You know this, Milena, when you're traveling for volleyball, sometimes it blurs a little bit. You see the hotel, you see the, the hotel room, the, the, the gym and the airport. And, and the it. fitness gym, that's all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a glamorous life, isn't it? <laughs> so, Milena, we've got you for a few episodes and I'm really looking forward to getting to know you a little bit better and for the fans to get to know you too. In this first episode, we would like to concentrate on the Vakif Bank years. Now, Key, you spent some time playing in Turkey. I did. What are your memories of playing against Vakif Bank? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I think probably similar to everyone's memories of playing against Vakif Bank. Painful. <laughs> um, they're always, I mean, always the team to beat at least the top two teams in turkey and then in the european championships always bringing heat let's say you can never <laughs> there you're always the underdog when you go up against vakif bank but um yeah did you ever win against vakif bank key no <laughs> <laughs> what kind of question is this milena i played uh, for uh bursa yes for I know. one season in a few a few years ago but uh, oh, yeah, I think that's the only time we, we would have come across each other would have been the, those two games. Yeah, I and, think so. And I think so. And there was one Champions League final when I played in Italy. Oh, hang on. That's oh, Key sorry. Michael just mentioning the Champions League final she played in. And that's the, other thing, that's the other thing that you actually cannot remember about volleyball. Yeah. Because of the how many games we play every single season. That's yeah. the thing. I, I wonder that when you when you have these kind of interviews and the podcaster asks you and like rattles off all of your acknowledgements or accomplishments, 
you're sort of like oh yeah i did do that oh yeah yeah oh i know you but i don't remember from where <laughs> well let's uh, let's start with things that we do know then because you signed for vakif bank after four amazing years playing in france am i correct in thinking you won four championships in a row and four cups in a row with khan Elena. I think there was one championship that we actually didn't win. We lost in the finals, but let's say three championships and four French Cups. Absolutely incredible. So um, why did you leave? Why did you decide that moving from France to Istanbul was the move for you? Well, then that was my chance to, to go to, for me, the best club in the world. Uh, and also my manager, he told me, like, this is your last chance. They will not call you anymore, so you have to go. To be honest, I oh, didn't that's... want to leave Cannes because I, I was really happy there and with all my teammates and all the people from the club and also with the balcony where you can see the seaside and drink coffee with that view. <laughs> but still, <laughs> yeah. I had to go a step in front, so I just took the opportunity and I didn't make a mistake. Interesting. So your manager said it was your last chance. Had they, had they tried to sign you previously then? Exactly. Exactly. They tried to to sign me just a couple of days after I already signed for Cannes for two more seasons. So that was the second call from them, and uh, at the end I went there. That is that is super interesting. Uh, were there any other teams that were interested? A couple, yes. I don't really. I, there was some Italian teams. I think that was six years ago. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't remember what happened yesterday, but uh, yeah, there were some yeah. Italian teams and uh, also there was Valero from Switzerland at that time. They were good, mm. but at the end I just decided to come and work with Giovanni. And no regrets. Yeah. So what were your, what were your first impressions uh, when you first arrived at Vakif Bank then? How did the, how did the transition begin for you? Actually, you know what is the funny story? Because the the moment I came to Vakipank, the season before we played uh, against Vakif uh, with Khan for that qualifications for the final four, and we won. Yeah. We won against them, and that was like a huge success for Khan because no one expected that. And uh, I don't know why, but I didn't like them at all because they were super serious. You can see there is a lot of pressure, and Giovanni was screaming and throwing all the things around. <laughs> and, uh, so that was one of the reasons I didn't want to go there. Like, oh, I'm not being happy there. They will be all the time angry with me. You know? And then after that, I came and actually everything changed. It was completely different than I thought. Ah, so the appearance was that it would be really yeah. stressful and really high pressure. But actually, once you're inside, because yeah, I yeah. have the opposite impression. I hear from everyone that Vakif Bank gets really like supportive and it's a family and and if Giovanni's pushing you he's pushing you in the right way I mean these are the things that I hear from that's true that's true Bank yeah. is really like a huge family yeah mm. but it just didn't Everyone look to me like that, that from the other side of the court <laughs> to be fair family arguments are the biggest arguments of them all so maybe that's true. It's, uh, yeah <laughs> so you've um you've arrived then of course they must have been absolutely over the moon to sign you because it was the well the, the second time that we know of um, and then you're in this this different environment and there are all these players that are that are absolutely huge names of course you were a you were a huge name yourself coming into that team uh, do you remember what your feelings were did you feel any pressure to perform or did you maybe feel like 
Oh, I, I don't know. We, we talk about imposter syndrome quite a lot, don't we, Keith? Did, mm. you, did you feel like you belonged there straight away? Well, I, uh, I don't know if you're going to believe me, but I was shaking the first practice. <laughs> really? Yeah. Exactly. And that time, Robin, uh, Robin from uh, Dutch team, she was there with me, also mm -hmm. first practice. And she was like, dude, <laughs> why are you afraid? <laughs> if you're shaking my dad, can you imagine how I feel? <laughs> but it was only one for the first practice. After that, I, I, was, I was relaxed when I met all the, all the people there. So already from the second practice, I felt pretty relaxed. Good. Uh, uh, do you know, this is, this is really nice, Key, isn't it? Because we, we always end up talking about Vakif Bank and Giovanni and their success, but to actually hear from players who are involved to know that it is a welcoming environment and a positive environment, I think that, that tells us a lot. It makes me, makes me feel nice things. Yeah, and especially because I want to hear from uh, other players that, they, that you, obviously, you've been a decorated best middle blocker mm. of many, many times, but to hear that even you feel this, this fear and this insecurity in the first few moments before you find your footing, I think that'll be, that's kind of... It's encouraging to to I was I was mortals. really shaking. It was really bad. I was shaking so badly. Yeah. So they made you feel welcome. You'd stopped shaking. <laughs> uh, but there were some there were some huge moments in that first season, weren't there? You didn't win the national championship, but you'd have had your first Istanbul derby and the Champions League final four and the World Club Championships. What were those what were those kind of moments like? Were they did they feel different to the big games that you played with Khan? Uh, for example, everyone asked me like, "How is it possible that you won against Vakibak? We will never forget that." Like, it, it's not only people from the club, also people from like all the fans of Vakibak. Mm -hmm. They asked me the same question. And I said we we were just relaxed on the on the court. We didn't care if we were going to win or lose. We know who the Vakibank is, so we got a chance to win against them and we used it. I don't know how, but it happened. We were pretty lucky. And uh, actually, the main thing I like here in Vakibank is that, uh, okay, there is a lot of pressure, really, and Giovanni will push you to the maximum every single practice, but still, outside the court, everyone is so cool, like you can be friends with literally everyone. It doesn't matter if there is a someone from staff or players or even general manager. Like it's really like a huge family. So after mm -hmm. that, I felt like whatever I need, I just know who to ask. They help me every single time. <laughs> are there any um, are there any players or or members of the management team who you could perhaps single out who sort of really made you feel welcome in those early days? Uh, the first thing that is on my mind is uh, our physio that he is there from the very beginning. So I felt really uh, good to, to speak with him whenever I feel bad or something. Or he's, he's a really nice guy and he's there like for more than 10 years already. So he knows how to speak with you, how to make you feel better. So that's, uh, his name is Sabri. Hey Sabri, big shout out to Sabri. <laughs> also, it, it, I know um, Vakif Bank's different to a lot of clubs because people do tend to stay for a long time. But when you do have sort of constantly moving parts and players coming in and out, having people like him who've been there for a long time really does help with that team ethic, doesn't it? Kind of helps to keep things together. A lot, really a lot, because you always have some players who are there for more than two years. Hmm. So with him and uh, with some other people from staff, they are actually also pretty long there. 
you can always talk and they can always uh, tell you what to expect, how to react on some situation and the rest. And also the before you asked me about the first season that at the moment I felt like I brought the bad luck in the team. That's how I felt because we changed the team and we couldn't win what we wanted to win. So I felt really bad until we won the Champions League or whatever what ne next next season. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm really not bad luck, hopefully. <laughs> Uh, before we move on to, to 2016, I'd like to talk about the Champions League final, uh, final Four in 2015, only because this doesn't happen to me very often. I've got two Champions League medalists <laughs> from the same Final Four in the same conversation. Aki, what colour was yours in, in 2015? Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure who's, who is trying to burn, me or you, Milena, because I played the neither, neither. that season. Come on. <laughs> I, uh, I had a silver medal, but I think it's safe to say that Milena came away with a uh, with a with a with a stronger performance. <laughs> than I did. Well, what I was going to say is, Milena, you did get a bronze medal that time, but you were the middle blocker in the dream team, and unfortunately, Key, you you didn't make the dream no, team. I was, no. uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was just happy to be there. Let's be honest. <laughs> But that that was your first um, that was your first medal with Vakif Bank. Then that bronze medal, of course, you'd you'd won a load with with Khan before that. Can you remember? Do you know what I'm asking you? If you can remember getting a medal, you've got so many, you surely can't uh, you can't remember them all. But that was the first time you were on the podium with your new team. You were in the the dream team as well as the the best middle blocker alongside Maya Poliak. Do you have any any memories from that? Uh, now I remember that that was uh, we played the game against Polish team for third place, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We couldn't make it to the finals, and we were really, I don't know, we felt really bad, really sad. And uh, when I got that individual uh, award, it wasn't really, I wasn't really happy because I don't care about that much. I, I prefer to win some goal with the team <laughs> but at the end uh, I, I mean at that time I was really I appreciated a lot and I was grateful and actually I it was a surprise for me to, to be there on the podium with the rest of the girls. It was interesting that you were um, in the dream team alongside Maya because I noticed that when you uh, did your your dream team for FIVB recently you put her alongside you uh, in the middle position so what is it you think that makes her such a great player and do you have any sort of memories of playing against Maya through the years? For me she is uh, one of the best middle blockers in the world because uh, she's super quick she has really good block with uh, hands over the net like that I cannot make sometimes and uh, she just can she can read the game and she always knows where to go so I really enjoyed a lot watching her play. A key? Did you? Uh, you must have played against Maya once or twice. Yeah, well, she was in. She was in Ezadashabaji in that Champions ah, League course. final. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, of course. Crikey. <laughs> uh, yeah, she was a fantastic player. So much grit. So much. I, I mean, you could just feel the 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 enthusiasm coming off her as she, after she would make a block. I I was. It was very impressive. Yeah. You are you are afraid to attack against her. Trust me. Yeah, yeah. Really? Crikey. I think a lot of people you... probably say the same about you, Milena. <laughs> no. 
Yes, actually, you know, I was watching in preparation for this conversation. I was watching some highlight videos of you. And I'm really, I'm just so impressed at your shoulder strength. This is something I wanted to ask you about just personally, middle blocker to middle blocker. Because no, I have, legitimately, I have you go over the net and it looks like your arms don't move at all. The ball hits you and there's, it's not going anywhere. It's incredible. It's really impressive. Do you do some special training for this or? Oh, we do, we do a lot of individual trainings with Giovanni. Trust me, every single morning we have on practice only for middle blockers. And he always says that's his favorite group because we can do literally everything except reception, of course. Yeah. And uh, he, killed, he kills us in one hour. So we, we do a lot of exercises for blocking. But yeah. of course, that I did also a lot of practice with the Terzici national team before I, I went to Wackerbank. But still, also those videos, you can see how my elbow is going like this. <laughs> yeah, a little bit on the left one, yeah. <laughs> yes. And mostly I have problem with my left with my left arm. So if you want to make a point, just go against my left arm and you will make it. Uh oh, hot tip, <laughs> anyone listening? Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you're giving away the secrets. We're going to have Vakif Bank on the phone, like, cut that bit out of the podcast, get rid of it. I feel like it's a trick, though. I feel like it's a trick, because I know anyone who tries to go sharp ang angle on you, they're going to get that left arm, and then that ball's not going anywhere. <laughs> if they hit here, then no, but if they hit here, they will make fun. <laughs> um, for the for the benefit of the podcast listeners, because this is an audio medium, uh, <laughs> first pointed to the forearm, second pointed to the fingertips, and then uh, um, so all right, let's let's try and take it back. Uh, do you know I could we, this could quite potentially go on all night, Key. We really we could just talk blocking. Um, Elena, we could just talk blocking all night. I'm sorry for anyone who's listening who's not. It's a, a huge blocker. mistake. Huge mistake yeah. that you invited two middle blockers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh this is great um, but so that season you talked about you thought you were the bad luck charm because they were they were national champions going into the season you you didn't win the national championship or the champions league that year but after that year the success was was phenomenal do you remember the sort of conversations that were had at the end of 2015 to to set you up for 2016 and beyond wow <laughs> I don't I don't really remember what Giovanni said at that moment but um, because I know him pretty well I mm. think he said something like okay just we changed the team and this year didn't work pretty well that we have to to improve a lot from the for the next season we have to start from the beginning and try to improve and to be better and uh, more luck in the next season like you cannot change anything, every, anything because it just didn't work. Well, the next season did work, didn't it? <laughs> um, Much I mean, better than the last one. <laughs> yeah. So you won, you won your first national championship. You beat Fenerbahce, and then what did you get? Bronze medal in the World Club Championships as well. How did you get on in the Champions League? You didn't win the Champions League that year, did you? No. But the consistency over the season to to win that national championship that must have that must have felt pretty amazing. A another national championship in another country for you. At least you won something. <laughs> <laughs> How much do you define yourself by your, your team's success then? Well, uh, I don't know what to say because uh, and Key also knows that middle blockers are not really like the, the first thing in the team, that setter is always the most yeah. important to player and also the, the position four and uh, the middles are let's say the last thing on the list 
<laughs> the players. So I, I don't see myself that much important from team. I'm just uh, trying to help to I don't know to touch some ball in the block to make uh, other people attack after that to to counter attack or whatever. But uh, for me, honestly, I feel like I improved a lot with, with Giovanni and with all the stuff, and I want to thank them for that, of course. And uh, I'm I'm always trying to give my best to give 100% of myself and to try to help team as much as possible. And do you feel like if you, for example, if you have one great season, you win everything? Do you, is that's the bar? You know, after that, you feel like if you don't achieve that, then it's not success. That's almost the the double-edged sword of being a successful team, right? Do you always feel like you have to try to get that same level again? That's that's the thing with athletes. I think that you always want yeah. more. That you always want want more. For example, that 2018, I think we won everything, but still, you want to win all over again in 2019, but it just yeah. couldn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's let's roll. 16 17 and 17 18 into one then because for that period of time it, it felt like you were untouchable so in 16 and 17 it was the first time you'd won the champions league and the world club championship double then the following year 2018 the only word i can think of to describe it is perfect it was it was the perfect year right yeah exactly <laughs> in a later episode there we we're go podcast about... over <laughs> well yeah but in a later episode we're going to talk about um the success you've had with the national team but from a vacuum bank perspective world champions i mean you're personally second world championship in what like two months or whatever um european champion league champion cup champion super cup champion did you forget how to lose? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. It's much easier when you have Ju Ting in your team. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. So it's like you, you don't, you don't have to do anything on the court because Ju will fix it. <laughs> Just before the game, Ju, do you feel okay? Okay, you need something? Yeah. <laughs> Give a little massage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what do you need? You need a massage? You need to, do you need a sandwich? What do you need, Ju? <laughs> she just has to be happy and then we will win. <laughs> But oh, the, awesome. the the names the names in that team in 2018 so yourself and Gosde, Kelsey Robinson, Nas, Ju was it I mean sometimes you put all those those world class players together and it and it doesn't work for whatever reason why do you think it worked for your team uh, because I think we didn't have these superstars in the team that, that we have like good players in the team that can work together to to make that atmosphere, yeah. you know. And that's the most important actually in the team sport. She knows for sure because if you have only one player who who will uh, act like me, 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 then that will fall out. You cannot work mm-hmm. like that. I think that was the main reason why we actually won everything that season. Because the. The Champions League final, that was the, the first one I ever went to. It was the one in Bucharest, wasn't it? Yeah. And you were, were you match point down in the semi-final? Have I made that up? Because you played in Moco in the semi, yes, didn't you? Yes, yes. That was really that like was a final. an amazing game. Absolutely incredible game of, of volleyball. Uh, interesting you, you say that was like the final. Is that what it felt like for you? It felt like that for sure because in Moco at that time was a great team. And uh, yeah. we played five sets and also we almost lost that fifth set. I don't know how we yes. came back, but uh, I think that Gosde was the the key point in the game. That she she just started screaming on the court, 
And we, we, we brought our energy back and we won that game. And after that, we were really like, oh, that felt really like a final line. We felt like we already won Champions League. Because that was yeah. her sort of swan song, wasn't it? She said goodbye to the sport after that. Yeah, she's really a great captain. She's a great leader. And uh, I wish that every team has a captain like she was. And when a player, a player like her leaves the fray what do you do you think oh crikey what are we what are we going to do now or do you realize that you know the the team's bigger than one player and go from there of course the team is bigger than one player but still at the beginning it was weird without her on the court on the practices uh, but uh, i don't know a, a month later you just get used to it and uh, you know that you can always go and drink coffee with her for example to see her somewhere yeah. not on the yeah. court but still, you're in some touch with her. But really, we really missed her a lot at the beginning. But after that, we just uh, we came back, and it was like, okay, leave her alone mm. to to enjoy with her baby and her husband. So, <laughs> and she's happy now, and that's important. Yeah. Uh, well, we spoke to her for um, for the unscripted series. Uh, for those of you that are listening to the A Space for the first time, unscripted is definitely something you should spend some time with. Uh, <laughs> shameless plug. <laughs> yeah, shameless plug. Uh, but she. She does seem like she is really enjoying life after volleyball. And I suppose for, for anybody at any stage of their career to know that you can be happy after you hang them up, then then that's that's pretty good news, right? Yeah. I'm sure that she, she misses a volleyball a lot, but she just don't say it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's probably true. I think it must be so hard. Milena, I'm kind of tossing up whether it's time for me to retire. And I think... The biggest thing is you, you've done it your whole life. You do know anything else but volleyball. I mean, I talk to Dave and Matt all the time. Mm. That I joke that I've never had a real job and I'm trying to do these things like getting on Zoom or whatever it is. Yeah. But <laughs> it must be so difficult just just going from one day training every day of your life to the next day, nothing. I mean, yeah, I, for sure it's weird. I, am also, I started thinking already about my retirement and when is the, the right time for that. And it's already like, oh, what am I going to do after? Yeah. <laughs> I will for sure go for, for some practice or something. I will be like completely free for a month. And after that, I will be, I start shaking like, okay, I need, yeah. I need some ball. I need some volleyball. Because I'm exactly what I'm you said, that's the thing that you're doing all your life. So it's weird after. Yeah. How do you feel physically? Do you, because you're 29, is that right now? Almost 30. Still young and fresh, yeah. still fresh. <laughs> That's how I feel, feel inside. That's feel... how I feel inside. Yes, I'm still young. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I feel like I will, I'll, I'll keep telling myself I'm young until I'm like <laughs> 40s. It's all in here. <laughs> but you feel good. You physically, you feel like your body could keep going. Yeah. Thanks God for now. I feel years. good. Of course, we will see after this season what will happen, how my body will feel. And uh, I will listen to my body and that's all. When it's uh, about yeah. time to stop, I will stop and that's all. One season, take one at a time, and then just reassess. Yeah. And when I'm yeah. 40, I'm like, okay, let's do some practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Still not quitting. <laughs> yeah. One more season. Um, well, let's talk about this season then, because it was a, a pretty abrupt end um, in the end. You were still in the Champions League. You were at the top of the table. What were your, what were your thoughts on it all? Are you frustrated? Does it feel like unfinished business? Yeah, I feel like that actually because uh, that's the thing that happened that no one expected. So we were, we were in really good condition before this coronavirus happened. So I don't know. I just thought that we could we could make it to at least for sure win a Turkish championship. And at the end, 
to try also to win this champion champion league title so i don't know it uh, i don't know month ago we already thought that we will probably keep going with volleyball in this season but uh, they just said okay we'll stop with everything and i felt sorry because i don't know i really had that thought that we can we can do a lot this season especially because we had we had a lot of troubles in the beginning because we changed the team and we need time to to adapt but uh, at the end we started playing really good and exactly i feel like there is unfinished business <laughs> yeah i feel exactly the same way i think all athletes that that i've heard speaking about this in the past few months it's just the immediate reaction is shock and sadness and you know unfinished business exactly like you say but slowly you just start to realize everyone in the world is going through this really crazy time and then we just accept okay well mm. so much for this season and we start again from scratch next season but it's just so bizarre it's so unusual yeah. but great news for for fans of you Milena. you are back with Vakif Bank next year. Um, I, I won't ask you for too many details because I know it's all top secret, but are you already sort of making plans? Has Giovanni been in touch, stayed in touch? You've you've got all the team together or? Yeah, we will start the preparation on the 1st of July. Crikey. July. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Because July. our season, oh. yes. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> because our season will start in the first week of September. They will start earlier so we can finish earlier because of the Olympics and everything next summer. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, 1st of July, we will start with preparation. We have exactly two months to prepare and hopefully we will be all healthy in these two months. And that's it. Wow. Hey. Yeah, it's exciting though, isn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about this <laughs> next season. I mean, obviously my, my role in the sport is very, very different to, to the two of you, but I've, I've missed it so much and I'll never take it for granted ever again. <laughs> I cannot wait to just to just see some volleyball, to enjoy some volleyball. So, I mean, how are you feeling about playing again? I suppose this is a, a question for both of you, really. Uh, Milena, have you have you missed it? Have you missed being out on the court? Uh, I didn't miss ball that much like to, to play with the teammates, you know, to have that fun in mm -hmm. practice. And also two mm. months without balls is really like too much. And we started practicing actually now with national team a little bit. Okay. But that that is really funny because if you don't touch the ball for, I don't know, for a week and still it's funny. Can you imagine how it looks like after two months without yeah. doing anything? So <laughs> yeah. at least we were practicing something at home, but without ball, of course. We were jumping our neighbors over the head, trying to jump to stay in that condition with jumps, but it didn't work because it's not the and, same at home or on the court and you had to do everything you just self-motivate yourself right you're you whether you work out or you don't work out i mean uh at the beginning you, it was, was your coach it uh yeah we got a program every every day from our uh, conditional coach from uh, from the club and uh at the beginning it was easy okay i will practice now then the rest of the day will be off i will watch some movies and stay at home and then but month after it was harder and harder to find a motivation yeah. because like I'm I'm doing this for nothing because who knows when this, this will finish or who knows when we are going to start next season. So it was really hard after, but at the end, yeah, we made it. 
Yeah, that's the same for me. We had we we had a few girls still in quarantine together, and we would work out together for like two hours every day yeah. in the sweating in the grass. And you know, little by little, it goes from two hours mm. to one and a half to one hour. <laughs> exactly. And now it's like two months later, and maybe I'll go for a run, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, at the beginning I, I was practicing at 10 a.m. and then I, at the yeah. end of quarantine I was doing it at 6 p.m., 7 p.m. You know, I couldn't make myself yeah. to work out. Yeah. Uh, I spoke to uh, Sretsko Lisinach the other day and he swears that he just can't jump anymore. He's <laughs> like, honestly, I try to jump. I cannot jump. Um, have, have you have you tried, Milena? No, and I'm, Key, afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid <laughs> everything will break if I jump. <laughs> really. And Key? Well, I don't know, because I had um, a bit of jumper's knee, some tendonitis at the end of the season. So I, I was waiting for the season to be over that I could take a break from jumping, actually. <laughs> so maybe it's been the best thing for me. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> oh, I hope so. I hope when the time is right, you both come back and have an amazing season. Um, right. We really should talk about Vakif Bank here, oh, yeah. shouldn't we? I, <laughs> I was wondering, <laughs> uh, Milena, so... Obviously, you're still you're still young. I know we joke about Thank being you. nearly thirty. <laughs> you are the first oh. one who told me that. Next, he's going to be asking about your skincare routine. <laughs> oh, I've, I've been trying to iron out my wrinkles. It doesn't work. Um, but you're you've been there a long time now, and whether you like it or not, you're one of the senior players. Okay, um, there are some amazing young players coming through now at Vakif Bank. Um, do you see it as part of your responsibility to almost put an arm around the shoulder and make them feel welcome and kind of show them the the ways of the world? And, and what do you think their impact has been on the way that the team plays? Well, I think that's uh, the responsibility of all the older players, not only me, hmm. because uh, Giovanni actually, he always at the beginning of the season, he has a meeting with all of us, you know, and we were, we were talking about new players that are coming, especially young ones, and then you have to be there to, to help them, to scream at them if they are lazy and practice <laughs> or whatever. So you have to be one who, who is going to push them to work, to work hard, because if not, he is going to keep us there for five hours of practice without any problem. <laughs> They don't push. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm uh, mostly the one who who will be like uh, you know a, a little bit aggressive with them. I mean aggressive that I I will scream at them if they don't want if they don't want to work. And uh, for example, our captain this uh, from the two seasons before Melis. She she is she is the nice one. You know she she will mm -hmm. talk with them on Turkish, of course the nice way and I will be the one screaming in English <laughs> so I'm always like the bad cop in the team <laughs> good cop bad cop that's hilarious. Oh, do you have that, that though because I imagine at that level that everyone is just ha of the same mentality that I'm here to work this is my job we're gonna win everything because I, I imagine at the highest level you don't even get people that would show up just to be casual do you have do you deal with that uh, yes, at the beginning, but after they they learn how to how to work, how to be responsible on the practice. So after it gets easier, but at the beginning, of course, you have to push them a little bit. Sure, what's what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you were voted in the team of the decade recently. Congratulations! I don't know if you saw that. It was um, <laughs> it was yourself, Maya Poliak, Tiana Boscovich, uh, Francesca Piccinini, Gozde. Uh, and Maya, two Mayas, a middle yes. and a setter, and then and then Monica uh, De Genera was uh, was the libero. 
that was a very similar team, uh, apart from Zhu and Kim, that, that you named as your dream team. Obviously, Zhu and Kim be, being non-European. Um, firstly, congratulations. Secondly, does it... I mean, you, you've had so many accolades, both as an individual and a team. When you see some sort of great volleyball minds have, have come together and, and voted you into a, a team of the decade, how does that make you feel? Firstly, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, I didn't even know that they are going to vote for a team of decade. I found out that on Instagram, there's someone tagged me on some photo and uh, I was like, okay, this is not for sure. This is just the first debate that we had. They are going to talk more. And, uh, and then I just started getting calls from the journalists and everything. I was like, ah, people, I don't ah. know what I'm talking about. I have no idea what is going on here, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah after that when the cv posted the the something on the internet then i read it I read about it and i was okay for the first i felt old because it's a decade <laughs> and then like oh you are already going you are you're playing uh, for 10 years on the really high level and it was really like who and then i don't know but my uh personal opinion i think there is uh more better middle blockers than I am but at the end I was really grateful for because they chose me and next to my Polyak of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay you say other middle blockers who <clears throat> would you have who, who do you think should have been considered as well as you and Maya? Well Maya is the number one for me also the, the really the great middle blocker is also Eda Mm -hmm. uh, from Turkish national team and uh, I don't know for European it's I think if you ask me for a world mid block it's okay this was on European level and everything but also I think that Eda is really she deserves to be uh, on that uh, list but I don't know actually those two are the number one and two for me any names you stick in there Key? what about Robin de Cruyff she's yeah. also she's also great middle block it, yeah I mean, yeah. I have personal favorites, but I, I, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you so you're them. sitting on the fence. <laughs> Come on. We're having this conversation amongst friends no, and you're tight-lipped. Unbelievable. I was listening to this Team of the Decade podcast and I just thought, I think I would, I would probably just vote my friends in if I was <laughs> making myself a Team of the Decade. You know, I would just vote in people that I know are just really nice people. <laughs> so I wouldn't be any good at voting these kind of things. Yeah. Um, how important are the supporters in Turkish volleyball with Vakif Bank? Because every time I visit Istanbul, it just and I I describe it like this every time we do something like this, it's like a it's like a mecca for women's volleyball, isn't it? And if you've just got so many phenomenal players, phenomenal teams, coaches, supporters, they all seem to be there at, at some point or another. So, what is the support like, and and sort of what are the what are the atmospheres of those of those big games like? Do you still do they still feel as special now as they always have for you? Yes, for sure, because uh, Turkish people they love they love they love volleyball, especially if we play against some of the best clubs in the Turkey. I don't know Fenerbahce, Fenerbahce, uh, There is always a full gym, and it, for me, uh, it's like a seventh player on the court. You know. That means a lot if they, they come there and support you because you feel much more motivated to play the game. Then it's it's really bad to play in front of the empty gym. It's really bad mm -hmm. like you're on practice and you cannot find any motivation to play against the team 
uh, on the other side of the net. So it means a lot, and also they know all the players. They recognize them on the on the on the street, and it's really like uh, we got a lot of messages also on these social networks, and I think they really enjoy to to watch the volleyball there. Have you ever had any strange messages? Oh, a lot, but this is not for the, for <laughs> <Yeah>. the podcast. <laughs> not for the podcast. We had a whole conversation, Milana, the other day about how I always get questions about feet. Do you get those kind of questions? Yeah, can I massage your feet? Yes. <laughs> like, what is wrong with people, right? Like, who's you, writing these messages? And can you can you kick me with your feet also? I mean, I really got a lot I never of got strange this. messages. Yes. <laughs> I usually just get how tall are you and what size are your feet and then sometimes like massaging feet. But oh, this is fantastic! No, no you really, you really don't want to know all the messages. We are yeah. No, but, but most of them, most of them are nice, right? Most people mean well. Yes, yes, there is a lot think. of nice messages, mostly. Okay. Yeah, this good. is not to um, d- deter the fans from messaging me later. It's more <laughs> just to say, look, uh, let's just keep it on a certain level. <laughs> Thanks for complimenting my feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I must. Uh, I must compose myself. <laughs> it's time for Mystery Man. Uh, Key, you've played before, Milena. You've not. Uh, Matt and I did a podcast and an unscripted with a mystery player. It all happened a little bit quickly, so we cooked up... I say we, I mean Matt hatched this mad plan where we would release clues to see if you and the listeners to the Ace Face podcast could guess who Mystery Man is. Now, I'm going to tell you the questions we've already had and I'm going to give you one more clue and let's see if you can work it out. So... Clue one was, do you play volleyball, beach or snow? The answer was volleyball. Question two, have you ever won the Champions League? Yes. Question three, what's your shoe size? Which is brilliant after what we were just talking about. (laughs) The answer was 14. Are you right-handed or left-handed? It was right-handed. Have you ever won the European Championships? Yes. What part of volleyball are you most known for? Spiking. How many different clubs have you played for? Two. And your new clue, Key, and another clue for you, Milena. What year were you born? 1988. So, Key, set the ball rolling. Would you like to, would you like to change your guess? <laughs> I have to be honest, Milena, I've, I've already guessed it. I've guessed about five times and I've been completely wrong every time. Actually, I don't even know if I'm wrong because they will neither confirm nor deny, but I think I've been... I, I have a small problem What's here. That? I have a small problem. I don't know uh, how big is that 14. Uh, this is a uh, American size. So right? I in, have no idea how much is that in some in, um, <laughs> in European sizes, so it would be 49 because I'm a, I'm wow. a 12 and that's a... Uh, a I'm a 12 and that's a 47, so it would be a 49. Is that big for men? I can't even, like, I'm, I've got, I'm a I've 40, got 41. Yeah, so you'd be, what is that? What is that? Here's your European, 88, one Champions League, yeah. with 49. <laughs> Spiker. He or she? A man, man. <laughs> no, he, it's, it's, it's a, a man. big size. Yeah, it's a, a mystery man. man. <laughs> okay, so my guess. Who won the European Championship? Won the European Championship. My guess is 
Dmitry Mozeski. I, I can neither confirm nor deny. Okay. But he's denying it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so bad at this game. Milena, what do you but think? But he said that it's a spiking. What was he... He was playing an opposite or, or a middle blocker? The thing is with Mazursky, of oh, course, he, good question. he is a middle blocker, but he has been known to move positions and win matches. That's true. But I can neither confirm nor deny. I imagine he has 49 feet as well. But I have no idea when he no, is. No, his would be bigger really? than Really? Yeah. I can't even, I can't even uh, okay, I can't let's picture say how big 49 is. Mazursky is massive. He must have cars for shoes. He is so big. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, his... Really? I will also okay. say Mazursky. Well... F... Yeah. But I'm not sure about Champions League. So now I feel better about my guess. At first I thought I was just throwing something out there. I would I feel like there must be some weight to it, if you agree. You're both going with, uh, you're both going with Mazursky. You will get another clue in the next episode of the podcast. this is the thing so this is the with... thing milena what's so annoying about this game is you make a guess and then they don't even tell you if you're right oh. or wrong <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> what kind of game is this but i don't yeah, know I but i wrong. feel like we are wrong okay well let's have a let's have a feature to end then um let's do a top five then can you give us and goodness me this is this is a difficult choice but your top five moments with Rakif Bank, it can be anything from a game or a season or a teammate, or you just need to give us your five top moments with Rakif Bank. Top five. Oof. Okay, let's uh, put as a number one uh, all the trophies we won together. <laughs> all of Maybe them. Maybe the, the number one. <laughs> yeah, so we, we don't have to repeat. Okay. All of them together, number one. Uh, number two, let's say all the celebration we had after winning <laughs> those trophies. It's always so funny because uh, we have a tradition to go out like, all together, staff and players, and everyone, and that we dance and jump and really sing all night. And long. you bring the cup with you, and, and everybody drinks from the the cup. Of course. <laughs> Do you know, one of, one of my memories of Bucharest, actually, after you'd won um, against CSM Arba Blach in the final, was you all dancing with the fans on the yes. court. I thought that was so amazing. Aww. Yeah, yeah, that's also one of the best things. Uh, after you win something, uh, it's really like fun, fun uh, celebration. That, uh, let's say that we are waiting for the whole season, <laughs> just for that <laughs> moment to go out and celebrate. No dancing uh, in the season, only dancing after the season. So, yeah. number one, the trophies. Two, the celebrations. Three, uh, all that, uh, I don't know, the atmosphere and the, the hanging out with all the, the people from the, the club. All these uh, team dinners and team breakfasts and whatever. I say that's number three. And I don't know what to say, what else, because it's all like, oh, it's all coming together. There were so many nice moments. Uh, let's say four motivational speech of Giovanni before every important game. Is he good? Is he That's good really at something... speeches? Yeah, he's pretty good, actually. I don't know how it's possible every time he says something different, because really, 
he comes to the locker room before every mm-hmm. game. Okay, before some non-important game, there is a short conversation. But after, uh, before the important games, finals and anything, he comes there and he speaks for 15 minutes. I don't know mm-hmm. how. It's like he reads somewhere, you know, it just, it's just coming out of his mouth. <laughs> I don't know how. Let's say that's number four and really uh, he's one of the best with that. I, d- I don't know so many coaches with a really great motivational speech. <laughs> number five is that the decision I made uh, six years ago that I signed for Mackey. Mm-hmm. Do you imagine yourself ever playing anywhere else or are you sort of set like this is where I want to finish my career? This is my home now. It depends how I feel after this season, but uh, I, I mean, my wish is to try something else. Really? I wasn't okay. expecting that. Yeah. To go some to some other country also to to see how it's uh, all going there with the volleyball and friends and you know. So I will see. It's still too early to talk. I can imagine you playing in Italy. Maybe I feel like maybe in Italy you you would be really happy. Can be. It's also pretty close to my home, so yeah. maybe I don't know. We will see. There is a lot of time. Tell you what I'm fascinated by is this um, is this new professional league in the USA that Jordan Larson's involved with. I think if that develops over the coming years, I wonder if any of the top European players might go and spend a season or two over there. Would playing in the USA interest you, Milena? Honestly, I'm more uh, type of the player that uh, wants to play close to home, you know, because if I, I don't know, if I go to play somewhere in China, Japan, USA, Brazil, it would be really, if I feel in some depression or something that I cannot go home for a weekend, that I think that would kill me. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel, I feel much, uh, that much more when I'm older now, you know, because I didn't feel like that before. And now whenever I have like two, three days off, I just go home and uh, I came back pretty fresh. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, so if you do, I mean, obviously, we, none of us really know what's, uh, what's going to happen. And uh, hopefully we get you back on the court, Milena, we get you back on the court, Key, and we get me back in the commentary box talking about <laughs> you both playing fantastically well. Um, but, but what would you, how would you describe your legacy with Vakif Bank? Do you think they'll be talking about you for years to come and everything that you've done with the team? <laughs> Can you ask someone else about that? <laughs> it's a difficult question, Dave. <laughs> do you want me to talk about Milena's legacy? Key, what do, what do you think? What do you think her legacy will be with Vakif Bank? With Vakif Bank specifically, or in general? Specifically, oh, specifically yes. with yeah, Vakif Bank. We can't we can't mix media because in the next generally. episode, me and Dan will be talking about the Serbian success, and then you and I are going to talk about the path to the true, podium, true, true. and we've got. We've got Milena for three episodes, so let's keep it in the Vakif Bank box for this particular uh, for this particular episode. Um, I don't know. Well, I think the legacy is not just what you've built with trophies and with medals hanging around your neck. I think the legacy that you build and you're leaving with a club, like you said, when you came in, you were a bit nervous. It seemed a bit, uh, you know, an, an, an aggressive, hostile situation, but now you're leaving it as a family and that's kind of special, no? I mean, people from around the world see what you've built at Vakibank and they everyone is is envious of this club and of playing with you. So fantastic. It's like my second home. It's like my second home. And I, whenever I go there, like I feel like I know everyone and it doesn't feel weird anymore. I mean, I, I could say that also after the first year. <laughs> but okay, not now, after six. How's your Turkish? 
Uh, my Turkish <laughs> is good enough to talk with the people on the street. Uh, but uh, the only problem is that all the things we are doing on practice are in English, and also Turkish players, they have to learn English. Uh, but all the Turkish I know, I learned from the Turkish players they, when they talk. So I, I'm like, um, uh, what is the name of that bird? A parrot. That, uh, a yeah. parrot. <laughs> yes, I'm like a parrot because I just go and repeat what they say and ask what <laughs> does it mean. And then I remember. Yeah. And mostly I learned from taxi drivers. Really? <laughs> <laughs> because they cannot stop talking when you enter and when they see that you're not Turkish, they start talking with you and you tell them, sorry, I don't understand you. They, then they try to, to speak slowly, you know, so you can understand mm -hmm. them better. And that's how uh, I learn most most of the Turkish I know. Oh, I love that. Maybe I just need to go to Istanbul and spend the day in a taxi. There I'll... you go, you'll be fluent. <laughs> I'll be fluent by the end, but I'll be broke because uh, I tell you what, Italy, if you're going to move to Italy, Milena, do not get taxis anywhere. They are so yeah. expensive. Oh, my goodness me. I, I went to the Palo Verde once for an Imoco game, got a taxi from the airport, and I knew it was going to be expensive. When I saw the taxi driver had a Rolex, I thought, oh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm, in, <laughs> I'm in deep trouble here. Um, <laughs> I think that just about concludes episode one, Key, do you? I think so. I think we did well. What do you think, Milena? Yeah, yeah I agree. I'm proud Maybe of us. You're happy, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy. Um, well, we've got you for, for three episodes, and I hope we've talked about Vakif Bank enough to quench the thirst of the supporters, because they are amazing supporters, and it's always great to, to talk two great players about great clubs uh, this has been the ace space podcast key it's time for your test when does it come out they come out every monday and friday yes they do thank you very much for listening like share subscribe and also hashtag oh what yeah hashtag goodness me go on let volleyball talk the hashtag is let volleyball talk i'm a terrible podcast host i always forget the market <laughs> the ace space is going to go viral if everyone starts hashtagging let volleyball talk uh, this has been the Ace Space. Thank you very much for listening. I will speak to you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Ace Space. This is me, Thomas Russo, and I'll be co-hosting the podcast soon. So if you have anything you want to ask me or something you wanted to chat about, please write to us on theacespace at cev.eu and we'll see if we can make it happen. For now, stay safe and we'll see each other on the other side.